Welcome to Keep the Republic with Daniel Bobinski, editor of True Idaho News. Keep the Republic is brought to you by the Political Action Committee, Conservatives of. And now, here's Daniel. Hello and welcome to Keep the Republic. This is Dr. Daniel Bobinski, your host for the next half an hour as we talk about issues facing Idaho, facing America from a Judeo-Christian perspective. I thank you so much for tuning in. Our sponsors for the show are Conservatives of. If you would like to get some uh, conservative, constitutionally-minded folks elected to office, uh, that's what Conservatives of does. They help get those people elected. And so I'd encourage you to go to conservativesof.com, make a donation there, and help, like I said, help us keep the republic by getting republic-minded folks elected to office. And we have to announce today a new sponsor for the show, Carmen Glancy of Homes of Idaho Real Estate. Uh, she's been helping people since 2011. She's got experience with investment property, residential property, horse property, new construction. You can find out why so many people give Carmen a five-star rating by calling or texting her today at 208-559-7753. This is a shifting market that we're in here in, in Idaho. Carmen knows what's going on. Give her a call, 208-559-7753. Now, as you know, on this show, we talk about issues facing America and Idaho, and we look at what we can do to keep the republic, because there are forces afoot that would try to dismantle our republic for their own selfish reasons, their own selfish gains. And one of the things that uh, in, in one of the arenas, I guess you could say, in which that is happening is media. People make movies. They try to distract us. They try to dissuade us from following the principles that were in place when this country was founded. Well, there are also these things called documentaries, and they're also movies, and they're oftentimes very informative, and I am very honored to have on our show today Dr. Andy Wakefield, the uh, director, the writer of the movie 1986, The Act. We'll be talking about that during the show. Dr. Wakefield, thank you so much for joining us here on Keep the Republic. It's a great pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Well, you have an interesting story to tell as to what, you, what got you into making movies and educating people through documentaries. You started off as a doctor and something very odd happened to you. For those who don't know your background, could you please tell our listening audience a little bit about what happened to you? Absolutely. I'll be as quick as I can. It's a long story, but I graduated in medicine from St. Mary's Hospital in London in 1981. And I trained as a surgeon, a gastrointestinal surgeon. And um, I ran a big research team, ultimately, at the Royal Free Hospital, part of the University of London. And um, in 1995, I was perfect mainstream. I was, you know, I was trained as a mainstream surgeon. And I'm, in 1995, I started getting calls from parents saying that my child was perfectly normal. And then they had a vaccine, the measles, mumps, rubella, MMR vaccine, and they regressed into autism. I said, I'm terribly sorry. I know nothing about autism. How can I help you? You, must, you may have come through to the wrong number. They said, Dr. Wakefield, the reason we are calling you is that our child has terrible gastrointestinal problems. He's bloating. He's in pain. We know he's in pain. He's lost the ability to speak. He's lost speech and language interaction, but we know he's in pain. As his mother, I know he's in pain. 
And no one has taken this seriously. You know, the doctors and nurses who've seen him have just said, this is part of autism, put him in a home, forget about him, have another child and move on. And this was an appalling situation. And this was as recently as 1995. We, my training in medicine, and I mean classical medicine, I don't mean the kind of medicine that is practiced at the behest of the pharmaceutical industry and insurance companies now, but the kind of medicine that is invested in listening to the patient or the patient's parents, because therein lies the clue to the problem. And that is the art of medicine, the art of listening. And so I listened, and we put a team together uh, to investigate these children, and we confirmed that the parents were absolutely right. The children had an underlying inflammatory bowel disease, and when that was treated with dietary intervention and and anti-inflammatory medication that we might use for Crohn's disease, then there was dramatic improvement, not only in their bowel symptoms, but their autism. It's absolutely fascinating. They started using words that they hadn't used for five years. Hmm. And so there was a very interesting story there. We had an absolute, I felt, an absolute professional and moral obligation to pursue the vaccine question, if only to eliminate it, to say that vaccines are safe. But we had to investigate it. My colleagues, pediatricians said, Andy, we cannot be seen to question the safety of a vaccine. And that made me furious. I mean, that's not a medical opinion. It's not a scientific stance. It's, you know, how will my colleagues perceive me if I stray from the, uh, the, the accepted norm of vaccines are safe and effective? And so very quickly to summarize where that all went after many years of, of attacks in the media, loss of my license, uh, I, I went to the CDC and I said, this is, you know, this is what we're doing and we believe there's a problem. And they said, well, look, every kid gets NMR and not every child gets autism. So why? Why some? And I said, well, I think that it is in part the age of exposure. The younger they get the vaccine, the greater the risk, because we know with natural infection with measles that if you get it younger in life, under the age of one, it can be more serious than if you get it later. And everybody now is aware, following COVID, of the age-specific risk of death and injury from COVID. But older people are at greater risk than younger people. Mm-hmm. So everybody's aware of this age-related risk factor. And the CDC, to their credit, went away and they tested that hypothesis in Atlanta and they confirmed that it was absolutely true. Children who got their vaccine on schedule, 12 to 18 months, the CDC's recommended schedule, were at significantly greater risk of autism than those who got it after 24 months or after 36 months. Hmm. What did they do with that information? They buried it. They destroyed the documents. And they published something completely different, saying that MMR vaccine was safe and didn't cause autism and put millions of American children and by proxy children around the world at huge risk of serious permanent neurological injury because they wanted to protect the program and themselves and not the children. This makes no sense. Sorry, just to summarize, eventually one of those scientists came forward and said, I can no longer live with this deception. Here is the truth. Here is the evidence. And that was the basis of the movie Vaxxed. Right. So so that was the movie Vaxxed. And I've also seen that movie. Fantastic uh, movie that people should watch. What what befuddles me is here's the data that this uh, mumps, measles, rubella shot, the MMR shot, did not affect kids as much if the shot was given after 24 months, 
but had uh, very significant findings if given between 12 and 18 months. It makes no sense to me why they would stick to their guns and keep doing this. Um, None at all. But something else that that uh, I had heard about, and maybe you can speak to this, is uh, I've talked to several doctors. You cannot get individual mumps shots or measles shots or rubella shots. You can only now get in the United States just the MMR, the combination of all three. My understanding is that if a child receives those shots independent of each other, if there was an individual mump shot, individual measles shot, individual rubella shot, then it's not going to have the same impact, the same result as the MMR combination. Have you heard that? It's a very good question. We And I was dealing this, with this for many years. When I made the recommendation, when the paper came out, when we published our findings in these children and made a possible possible association with the vaccine that needed to be investigated further, that was the only conclusion we came to. At that time, the single measles, mumps, and rubella vaccines were available in the U.S. and in the U.K., when I made the recommendation that until this issue were resolved, then I would opt for single vaccines rather than MMR. Why? Because we did not see any children in the 183 children with autism that we investigated at the Royal Free before I left. Only one had had a single measles vaccine, and that was a very unusual age of six months and a booster at one year. Hmm. So we did not see this with the single vaccine. That was the basis for the recommendation, and it was freely available. When that happened in America, Merck withdrew the single vaccines. Merck made a decision on behalf of public health. It wasn't their place to make that decision, but that's what they did. So that parents, the parents, it was our way or the highway. You get MMR or you're not protected. And so it was a disgraceful decision that took away an option that would have protected the children from the, the infections, but would have minimized the risk of a serious adverse event. They chose not to do that. It makes no sense to me whatsoever as to why they would pursue this line of act. Uh, by the way, if you're just tuned in, we are talking with Dr. Andy Wakefield, uh, uh, doctor, surgeon, also uh, director of the movie Vaxxed, and also director of the movie 1986, The Act. Um, so what happened with this act, by the way, is uh, pharmaceutical companies were given immunity. And this is, this is kind of like the whole crux of what this movie is about. Um, let me ask you, Dr. Wakefield, and, and I thank you, by the way, for making this movie. It's so A lot of folks have not heard of this information. Uh, what motivated you to, to pursue this uh, particular documentary? Well, it was the root of all of the evil that we face in the world with vaccines and the pharmaceutical companies now stems from this act, the 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, where, as you say, uh, the manufacturers, it, 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 as a matter of fact, lied, deceived the government, coerced the government into giving them liability protection for death and injury caused by their vaccines once they were on the CDC's recommended childhood schedule. That gave them the perfect business model. They had a mandatory market. Children had to get vaccinated to go to school and no liability for death or injury. All they could do was make a massive profit, and that's exactly what they did. It made them so powerful that they were able to buy politicians, to write policy, to buy the media, to own the editorials, to decide what was published and what wasn't published. They bought medical journals and did the same. They decided what was published and what wasn't published. 
They bought medical schools. They bought medical school training. They bought doctors. And it was, they really owned everything. They became so powerful. And this wasn't just a, a U.S. initiative. This was a global initiative. And this has given them the power to do what they have done with the COVID shots right now. And uh, the good thing about all of this, I have to say, is that COVID has woken so many people up to the evil, I can put it no, no milder than that, the evil of the pharmaceutical industry and the, the role that government has played in facilitating their agenda. And we've now seen this with the completely failing COVID shots that are given, whatever the manufacturer yeah. And the level of injury that is being incurred. There is no place in medicine for forcing people to undertake a medical procedure against their will without fully informed consent. They shouldn't, no one can be, should be coerced at all. But, you know, at the very least, people should be given fully informed prior consent and do so, get the receive the shot or not voluntarily. And that has not been the case. They've been lied to, they've been intimidated. They've used fear tactics. They've used anything they can to force people. And, and the world is waking up. And that is a great thing, because when I first got involved 30 years ago, there were a handful of us who were prepared to discuss and debate the thorny issue of vaccine safety. Now, it is more than half the world. And that is what winning looks like. It may be uncomfortable, but that is what winning looks like. And um, people, if they choose to vaccinate, that's their choice. They should have that choice, and I would recommend that they do their due diligence, they research the pros and cons, um, but they also have the absolute right to say no. Mm -hmm. You are not putting that in my body or the body of my children. That is, um, you know, they have no dominion over the individual and should never have. And so uh, it, it's a very, very important subject because if they get away with it this, with this vaccine, then they will seek to get away with it with every single shot. It, it is coming down the pike. It seems like they're really moving that direction. Um, and by the way, for, for those that don't know, there was an act. This, this documentary that Dr. Wakefield has produced is called 1986, The Act. And you can watch it online. Uh, it, it costs, I think I paid $9.99. I went to 1986theact.com. Uh, I I paid my nine ninety nine, and it gives me access to the movie. I can actually watch it three times. I can have access to it for a week. It's it's a fantastic documentary. And this act that took place in nineteen ninety six is giving the pharmaceutical companies uh, total free reign to do whatever they want without any kind of liability, because they were saying that if the government is going to mandate these vaccines, then uh, we don't want to be held liable. If the government's going to mandate it, then the liability should be on the government, not on us. And we're not going to produce these vaccines if we have to pay for all these damages because they were paying billions of dollars uh, in damages. And your documentary, Dr. Wakefield, really points this out. I remember this one example, $2 billion from, um, uh, for a payout before the jury trial on the condition that all the documents were sealed. They didn't want anybody to know what was going on. They said, yeah, we'll pay you $2 billion, but we got, we need these documents sealed. This is the kind of stuff that's yeah. going on. It is indeed. And when you look at the company like Pfizer, one of the principal manufacturers of the COVID shot, they are a an acknowledged criminal enterprise. They have been fined billions of dollars for committing scientific fraud, for misrepresenting the safety of their products. 
and, and they've gone to court and admitted this. It's not ambiguous. It's no, not open to question. The government is doing deals with a known criminal entity. And uh, people are people should be made aware of this. And that's the value of film, is because you can take a complex story and you can distill it down into a movie that is both entertaining and informative, and people can learn the truth about what really happened. Well, the thing that I think a lot of folks um, misunderstand about our healthcare system is that it is a for-profit industry. It is a profit-seeking industry. And you know, a lot of folks go into medicine with the idea of helping people. And I'm sure you did the same thing. Or you become a surgeon and you go into being to helping people. I'm going to guess at some point in your training and in your um, internships, you probably heard some people high up in the organization going, yeah, that's not going to make us enough money. Let's not do that. Well, it's interesting you should say that because I grew up in the National Health Service, so a socialized system of medicine that was free to people at the point of delivery. So as a doctor, I was never troubled with taking any money off anyone for anything. And that was wonderful. And I have to, I have to say, I mean, I've come from that system, so it was what I knew as a doctor. And I'm not advocating for how the American healthcare system should look. But all I can say is that from my experience as a healthcare professional, I could do my job without being encumbered by the rules of an insurance company or the hierarchy of the hospital saying you need to do more tests because we make more money on them. That we, you did tests because they were merited and you didn't do them if they were not. And so it was a wonderful way for a young doctor to be able to practice medicine. It was a great privilege because I never charged anyone any money for anything in my life. And that was allowed me just the free reign to practice medicine. That was the great value of, of, of the socialite healthcare system. It, it may or may not work in America, but it, I don't know, and I'm not, I'm not going to you know, make sure. judgment upon the American healthcare system. It's just that I, it was something that was alien to me. But that, I have talked with doctors here. In fact, I've had doctors call me and say, you know, hey, this is this, this kind of the mindset that we're given at times is, is that we have to do this and not that because something makes more money for the hospital system. Um, that's dangerous. What, what else is, is bothersome to me is that this this um, big pharma, I guess, is the way you could say it, uh, for-profit industry, they have the liability, they are increasing the number of shots that have to go on the schedule. And what's amazing to me, as in your movie, it points out that they're tend to blaming the children. Uh, there was a line in, in the movie that says that a, a child, they, they blamed the child. A child could not handle the stress of the vaccination and and the note that I made on that was they're making it the child's fault that the child gets sick. That's that's the whole mentality that they're adopting. It, it, it's an abs- absolute disgrace. You're quite right. I and mean, in this displacement of responsibility, which should lie squarely on the shoulders of the pharmaceutical companies who are making a profit out of these products and have every obligation to make them as safe as they possibly can, to suddenly turn around and say it's the child's fault. You know, it's their genes. They've got bad genes, or they. It, 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 yes, it makes no sense at all, but that unfortunately is where we are right now. It is changing, and people are waking up to this, and that's you know, in part really down to film. People have seen these films and changed their minds, and partly, or in large part, due to the awakening that has come with COVID uh, about 
vaccine safety and, and issues of, of vaccine injury. One of the other things that it's uh, pointed out in your movie, uh, which again is 1986 The Act, which you can find at 1986theact.com, is that the CDC, when they do their studies, they don't always do straight cross-comparisons between people who are vaxxed and people who have not received the vaccines. And to me, as a, you know, a person who's been through higher ed and you do studies and you always have a control group, and it seems like the CDC is uh, skipping some of the so-called gold standard of scientific studies. What are your thoughts on that? You're absolutely right. I mean, for any drug, for any medical device, you take a group that is exposed and a group that is given the placebo, they're randomized, so we, and the person doing the assessments does not know which drug these, these each individual received, and you break the code at the end and you determine the safety and efficacy of that product. That has never been done with vaccines, the childhood vaccine, never been done with any of them. So we do not have this baseline data. So when people say a vaccine is safe and effective, that is, you cannot say that. You cannot say that simply because the data are not available because the studies have not been done to make, to come to that conclusion. Now, the first time that they did do that study, I think under pressure, public pressure, public scrutiny, was with the COVID shots. But rather than complete the study and take it out to a long-term analysis of the long-term risks and benefits, they did a swap over. So they took their unvaccinated group and they vaccinated them after a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. So suddenly everybody was vaccinated and you lost your comparison group. So you were unable to determine whether in the long term or even in the medium term that these shots were safe and effective. There's, there's one thing that you point out in this film that I think a lot of folks need to hear because a lot of the people that I know and like and trust and, and have faith in, uh, they will quickly bring up, when we talk about vaccines, what about polio? And in your movie, you talk about Jonas Salk, and everybody kind of holds up Jonas Salk as this uh, you know, medical savior who helped us er eradicate polio. But there's some things that folks don't know about the history of what really went on. And I've read about them, and you kind of do a much better job, I think, of outlining uh, some stuff in your movie, stuff that I've not seen before. Um, you talked about Jonas Salk saying he was going to send a letter about some, some uh, issues, and he never sent it because he didn't, he didn't want to uh, discredit his own research. Is that, is that correct? That's absolutely right. But, you know, we, we, we brought this up right early on in the movie because it's the first, as you say, it's the first question or the first issue people raise, oh, what about polio? And, and, and the, the husband in the movie says, what about polio? And storms out of the door as though, that's it, I've won the debate. I was the first to say, what about polio? And then we go into the truth about polio. And as you point out, Jonas Salk, who was hailed as a hero for developing the attenuated, the killed uh, polio vaccine, hid the fact that was brought to his attention by his own laboratory head that certain laboratories around the country, including the Cutter Laboratory in California, in Oakland, California, were not inactivating the polio virus adequately. And they were giving children their vaccine contained live polio virus when it should have been killed. That was being injected into children. And many children died and many became paralyzed. That was one of the biggest, biggest outbreaks of polio in America was caused by that vaccine made by this man who was held up to be a hero 
And as you point out again, as when that was brought to his attention, he didn't write the letter to cut us to say, you must close down your operation because you're putting children at risk. He was said he would send that letter, and he didn't send it. He knew, he knowingly harmed children causing death and polio because he wanted to protect his vaccine and his reputation. Yeah, paralysis, deaths, uh, big time. And and uh, it, it to me, again, this goes back to this being a profit, for-profit industry. And they say, well, if the government's going to mandate it, then the government has to cover it. And so they developed this VAERS system, this vaccine adverse reporting system, adverse event reporting system, and not all doctors report to it. In our closing minutes here, Dr. Wakefield, um, what are your thoughts on VAERS? VAERS was set up to generate signals. It, um, it was uh, under the control of the FDA and the CDC, and anyone could report an adverse reaction to it. And Harvard did a study on VAERS trying to improve it and came to the conclusion that it reports. It ascertains less than 1% of true adverse reactions. I was on a radio show with a host from New York yesterday who fired her general practitioner who'd vaccinated and delivered her children when he said, um, she asked him if he knew anything about VAERS, he'd never heard of it. I mean, that says it all. You know, here you have the doctor telling you it's safe and effective. He doesn't even know about the CDC's adverse events reporting system. So she sacked him. She fired him. That was it. You're out. You're out of the job. And um, doctors don't know about it. They don't care to fill it in because it's made really rather difficult to fill it in. Uh, a lot of time out of the practice which, for which you're not paid, everything is done to minimize the reporting and therefore to underestimate, to deliberately underestimate the rate of adverse reactions to vaccines. Yeah. Despite that, when you look at deaths from the COVID vaccine, there is an extraordinary spike, an extraordinary spike when the vaccine is introduced in reported deaths from that vaccine that, is, that exceeds every other death from every other vaccine since the inception of that adverse events reporting system in the early 90s. All added together, the COVID deaths are greater. Mm-hmm. I have um, a doctor who contacts me and, and wishes to remain anonymous, but tells me that in the hospital system where he works, uh, someone will come into the emergency room with an obvious vaccine injury because the person received their injection just within the past 36, 48 hours, and they're having what's obviously a vaccine injury. And the uh, the attending doctors will, that are handling that particular patient will say, just turn a blind eye. I couldn't possibly be the vaccine. And they'll try to find some other other uh, reason for it. Uh, this really is kind of a sad situation. But I want to recommend everybody to go to 1986theact.com. And you're going to learn the truth about what's been happening with our vaccine injury. Dr. Andy Wakefield, thank you so much for joining me here on Keep the Republic. My great pleasure. Thank you so much. You bet. Well, you have been listening to Keep the Republic. Dr. Daniel Bobinski here, tuning in every Saturday morning on KBXL. And I do want to point people to visit the website conservativesof.com. Conservativesof.com is where you can help uh, conservative, constitutionally Christian-minded folks get elected to office. And also support our new sponsor, Carmen Glancy, with Homes of Idaho Real Estate for the Southern Idaho region. Contact her at 208-559-7753. Dr. Daniel Bobinski with Keep the Republic. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next week. Until then, be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to Keep the Republic. 
If you'd like to support this broadcast and help fund Christian conservative candidates, visit conservativesof.com. Also, please pray for our republic and for godly men and women who will work to keep it.